Welcome to the World Harvest Church podcast channel. We hope you enjoyed this message. But in the praise and worship part of the service, I sense that anointing in my hand strong. And I asked God what that's for. And he said, that is to lay hands on those who served and invoke a blessing on their lives. So those of you who were up here, come up here again. Those of you who served, and there's an anointing here, there's a blessing here for you, for your life, for your home. Hallelujah, thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. We thank you, Father, for these that are coming up. For their hands were given to bless this nation and to bless our lives. And so, Father, now I declare a blessing coming on them that what they put their hands to continue to be blessed, their homes blessed, their minds blessed, their families are blessed. And we thank you for the increase because they protected, they watched over that which you ordained, this nation. And so, Father, we speak a blessing right now over their lives. Blessed in Jesus' name. thank you for the wisdom. We thank you for the blessing that's on him, that takes him where he's to go. And we speak that life around him, flowing through him. We give you thanks and praise for it. Blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Blessed. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands and let's magnify the Lord. We magnify you. We glorify you, Lord. We glorify you. 
We praise you and we worship you. Hallelujah. He's so good. He is so good. He's so faithful. Jesus, you're a wonderful Savior. And we look to you this morning for our help. We look to you this morning for our answers. We thank you for that light that's of the word. And Father, we know this, that there is a fresh, new, and extraordinary hunger for the word. And to know you and the power of your resurrection upon this place. And we give you thanks and praise for it. In Jesus' name, we worship you, Father. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Is there somebody in here with a back issue? You came in this morning and there's a problem with your back. Seems to me it could be the lower, lower back. But any type of back issue, if you've come in here this morning with pain, or there's something that's not right out of alignment, the power of God is here. That anointing is here this morning to deal with that. Anyone else, there's an issue with your back. Could be muscles, could be bone, could be the spine. Father, I thank you for that anointing going into his body. Heal in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands. Father, we thank you. We glorify you. We glorify you. What a wonderful healer you are. What a wonderful, wonderful healer. We praise you, Father. We glorify you. We worship you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Is this for your back? Yes, Thank you. Healed. In Jesus' name. Is there somebody you've had pain right here across the front of your forehead or pain anywhere in this front part of your head? It seemed like right here in the front part could be even affecting your eyes, but it seems to be there's pain in this region. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Come up here. We thank you, Father. Our sister right here. Pain. Discomfort. Pressure. We thank you, Father. Be free in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands, congregation. Worship the healer. Just worship the healer. Oh, Jesus, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Uh, somebody, pain in your fingers. I'm thinking arthritis, but you're having difficulty with your fingers. Maybe they were broken. Maybe uh, you had an injury, but I just keep hearing pain or difficulty in your fingers. There's somebody in here, you're having pain or difficulty in your fingers. Movement with your fingers. Mobility. 
thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you for healing, restoration, repair. Healing, restoration, and repair. We thank you, Jesus. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed in those fingers. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. W, take your hands off her body. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Healed. Healing, 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 healing in those hands, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands, Father, we praise you. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. Somebody, uh, is it your right knee? Your right knee, there's somebody with a difficulty in your right knee. It's the right knee specifically. I saw anyone else, the right knee. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed. Thank you for restoration. In Jesus' name. Healed. In Jesus' name. Heal. In Jesus' name. Healed. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Heal. In Jesus' name. Oh, give glory for that, Father. We thank you. Healed. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for that anointing going into this cloth. When it's laid on that sick one, it'll drive out pain and symptoms. Father, we say it restores those knees. It restores to full strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, how you long to heal and restore and make right. To make the body right. Your desire to make our bodies right. Yours was damaged and bruised and beaten so ours could be made right. You suffered so that we don't have to. Hallelujah. Is there anyone in here, lungs? I just heard lungs. You're having difficulty with your lungs. Asthma, bronchitis, any kind of disease, you're having difficulty breathing. Anyone, your lungs. Come up here, you're ha you've been having difficulty with lungs. We thank you, Father, for that healing anointing, that healing power. Mm. Healed in Jesus' name. Ah, thank you, Father. Just lift your hands again. Worship, worship, worship him, worship him, worship him. We worship you. 
We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for these claws that that anointing goes into these claws and when they're laid on that sick one, it'll drive out the pain, the symptoms, the disease, the sickness. It shall not stay in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands. We worship you, Father. We worship you. Oh, we give you glory, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you praise. someone in here and listen to this instruction and I know we all have to answer thoughts and put things down but you're in here this morning and there has been a real battle on your mind either depression oppression uh, some kind of torment on your mind this is what I saw I'm going to lay my hands on you and that anointing is gonna to begin to do a work in you. You'll have to take it with your faith from here. But there is help for you this morning. Is there anyone in here and you say, that's me, I need help for my mind. It's something that I can't seem to get past myself and I need help, that anointing to help me. Anyone at all, come up here, come up quickly. Come up quickly. There's help for you this morning. The Bible says that the anointing destroys the yoke. So when I lay my hands on you, that anointing is going to destroy that yoke. But when you leave this place, make sure that when you're out, that you're not picking that yoke back up. You're answering that which those thoughts which tried to bind you those thoughts which tried to hinder you those thoughts uh that would bring you down the thoughts that would open the door to oppression depression but that anointing is going to destroy that yoke this morning and you're going to be completely free but when you leave here you you go out and you say i am staying free i am free father we thank you for the help that you have free 
in Jesus' name. done the work. He is the finished work. So when you leave this place, says the word, Jesus was the word made flesh. You keep your mind on the word. You keep your thoughts on the word. You answer every thought with the word of God. That's Jesus. He has made you completely free this morning. No more struggle, no more difficulty. And when the struggle tries to come back, you say, no, I'm free. And then you put your mind back on Jesus, back on the word. That's your job is to keep your mind on his word, full of his word, full of him. We wanna be full of him. No more full of our own thoughts, full of the devil's thoughts. We're full of him, amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands this morning and thank God. We thank you, Father. We thank you for that anointing. And I speak to everyone watching. If there was any symptom or any difficulty in your body that I called out, be free in Jesus' name. Free in your mind, free in your body, free in your back, free in your legs, free in your, uh, your hands, free in your head, free free, free. That anointing is going from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. 
and you are free. And who the Son has set free is free indeed. We thank you for that anointing, working in their bodies, working in their minds, right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, we thank you for that. We'll give him praise one more time. Worship him, we praise you, Father. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus loves to heal. He loves to heal. He, he was a teacher, a preacher, and a healer. Amen? We have to have it all. He loves to heal. He loves nothing more than to see those that he saved walk out of here completely whole. Hand in hand with him, completely whole. Amen? Well, turn to somebody before you seated and tell them, I'm whole in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for the Holy Ghost. You don't ever plan these things or just the Spirit of God begins to move and, and minister to us based on those that are here in our faith and what we've come expecting. And he loves us so much that he's not willing to even let uh, a Sunday morning go by break up all the routine. Of course, if you've been here long enough, we kind of got a loose routine. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a loose one. Um, I want to give a quick update. There's our, our pastors there in Hawaii, Maui, Hawaii, and they sent us an email update of things that are going on. They're still on the island. Um, they basically said that they're um, continuing to meet with uh, hundreds of fam families um, offering different kinds of support, uh, financial, with prayer, with resources. Um, many have had to leave the island. Uh, there's no stable shelter, uh, and the government really isn't bringing any help right now. There's no help from local or federal. Um, most homeowners whose house burned down in the fires uh, had uh, little to no insurance. Uh, they have not really given them any hope of rebuilding uh, there in that city, in that area that burned down. Uh, there's not any relief uh, or anything coming in at this point. Um, they said that the suicide rate among the local people has risen quite a bit. And uh, they're, they're just letting us know not, it wasn't in a necessarily doom and gloom way, but we've been trying to keep up. What's going on? What are you doing? What can we do to help you? And so um, what they're wanting to do, they're gonna do a big Christmas party there. Uh, for the people who've been affected, they're, they're endeavoring to take the word of God, just the love of God. And, and God is a God of hope. He's a God of faith, but he's a God of hope. And he doesn't want anybody quitting on life, quitting uh, on, on what he can do. But somebody's gotta be able to tell them. Somebody has to have the money and the resources to be able to go out and tell them um, and, and get that gospel and get that hope to them. And so that's what they're going to do uh, this Christmas. 
Um, they're going to uh, endeavor to give them something to celebrate with and uh, reaching the island. And so what we're going to do, we're going to send them another check, another 10,000 from our minute or from our church, from our ministry here uh, to them to, for this Christmas that they can take and it helps with their expenses, helps them to continue to reach because where their church at was not um, on the side of the island where the fires were. Uh, it was on the other side of the mountain. It's, and so they're able with their resources and what they have uh, to be able to uh, do for their community what they desire. We want to help be a part of their vision and what they have for that community. And we can be a part of that with our giving. So we wanted to let you know that when you give, that's we're, we're just sending out. We just keep sending out. Uh, so we want to be a part in helping them. Turn with me if you would, and I'm not going to take long this morning. We're just going to touch on something and then maybe continue uh, this week on this subject because it came to me very strongly yesterday. I was going to continue with love, but this particular passage in Philippians, go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter four, in verse six. The King James reads, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I can't help but when I read that, be careful for nothing, after listening to Dad Hagen for so many years, he'll say, now that's a little blind, bit blind to us right there what he'd say. Be careful for anything. So if you go to the Amplified, it says, do not fret or have any, let's say that together, anxiety, any anxiety about what? Anything. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God, and God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. That is a very strong statement. Fix your minds. The devil and circumstance wants you to fix your mind on the problem at hand, on the circumstance, on the pressure, on the pain, on the, the, the need, fix your mind. Life is all about where are you fixing your mind? Are you fixing it on something lovely, something pure, something winsome, or are you fixing it on the problem, right? I'm fixing to think about how I'm going to solve. <laughs> I'm fixing to think up an answer. I'm fixing to think up a solution. No, 
if we would have been able to fix our situation, we would have done it already. So our best bet, our, our, our 100 times 100 guarantee, always gonna win that bet, right, Brother Jacob? Always. You have yet to fulfill that. <clears throat> he makes bets with my daughter over football. And he made a bet over the, she makes the bets, okay, she makes bets. And he made a bet over whether or not the baby would be a boy or a girl, and she's held on to a girl the whole time, and she won the bet. He, you are 0 for 4 in bets against my seven-year-old. But you can bet every time and come out a winner every single time when you fix your mind on him. When you fix your thoughts on him. The devil wants your thoughts. He wants your mind. You say, well, the devil's after me. Well, he wants your mind because if he has your mind, he can have everything else. If he doesn't have your mind, he can't have your finances. He can't have your body. He can't have your marriage. He can't have your relationships. He can't have your business. He cannot have anything in your life that your mind doesn't allow him to touch. Does that make sense? If I don't allow my mind to touch on his thought, then he can't have that which he's after. And you say, that sounds so simple. It is simple. Did you know this, that the devil has lost all power against you? The devil has lost all power, all authority. When you get born again, when you come into God's family, the devil has lost all power and authority over you. And the only thing he has over you is a suggestion for your mind to see if that mind's going to reach out and take it. And if it doesn't, he's lost it all. Amen? Amen. And he's got a losing bet against you. And in fact, when there is, oftentimes when there is bombardment, when there is things coming against us, oftentimes that's because God is on the other end working. Something is moving in our direction. Something is coming in our direction. God has something that he's been planning and the devil, he sees that movement when he sees it, he's gonna try to steal that through your thought life. So, when we realize that the devil has absolutely no power, no authority, no way in, he's only got one ticket out. What's that ticket out? Through my words. Telling him where he's gonna be, where he's gonna go, where he's gonna stay, and where he's not gonna touch in my life. Amen? But it all comes back to this passage. It all comes back to us. I'd like to say that there's something that God uh, can, can intervene and do for us uh, if we don't do this, but I can't. When it says do not fret or have any anxiety, when it says do not worry, when it says be careful for nothing, and we do that and we've been told not to, that binds up what God can do, his hands, and how they can work for us. Amen? <clears throat> this is a command we've been talking about for weeks now, or two weeks on love. This is a command just as love. You wanna know why this is just as important, as important as the command of love? It says that we should love God above all other things and love our neighbor as ourselves. When we take cares, 
we are not loving our God. That is a step out of love with God. That's how serious it is. When you take a thought that brings anxiety, fear, or worry, and you live with that thought, and you take it, and you don't answer that, that is one step out of love with God. Because when we love him with all our mind, all our heart, all our soul, all of our being, then that means I cannot touch what he told me not to. I'm not loving him. Love is obedience. Let's just properly define what love is. Love is not words, it's obedience, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, You can look at your own family. You can look at your own life and know when somebody loves me, they listen. They do what I say. They, They value, right? There's a value on what I'm telling them and they'll do what I'm telling them. That's love. That's how you know someone loves and respects and honors So we're taking a step out of love and a step out of love, like Pastor Nancy says, is a step right over the line into the wrong territory. My job is to stay in love's arena, love's territory, then I cannot be touched. So what's going to happen is is our greatest battle, uh, even with for us with loving God, in loving him, it's not just a verbal, I love you. Oh, I love you, God. I thank you that, that, that you've been good to me and I love you. It's all those moments when we're not telling him we love him. What are we thinking about? What are we meditating on? Your greatest act of love to God is number one, obedience, and number two, what you let yourself think about. That's how I can show him that I love him because I trust him. I'm not letting my thought go to how I can figure it out. I'm not letting my thought go and worry about what's going to come for tomorrow. What's going to be next year? What's going what's to happen with the economy? What's going to happen with my business? What's going to happen with my family? What's going to, I'm touching into, I'm not supposed to touch into the future except with my faith. If you're trying to touch the future with anything other than faith, then you're not in, in God's, God's realm. Faith is to reach in and grab a hold in the future what God has for you and bring that into right now. That we're every, every step, every day when we get up, we're stepping into the future that God has for us. Does that make sense? If we cannot do that with faith, with our minds renewed, we're gonna struggle day to day with what comes up day to day. Um, as this command, this is a command, do not fret. Say do not. If the Bible says do not, we're real good identifying things in the scripture that say do not, but this one always seems to slip right back in. Why? Because you wake up with it, you go to bed with it, your mind's still there in the middle of the night, and we have to use it to get through this life. But just as I would tell my children, don't touch the stove, do not touch the stove, do not play with the electrical outlet. I'm not trying to um, take away from their life, right? No one ever says uh, to another parent, to a parent, when they tell their kid, I'm cooking in here, get out of the kitchen, don't come in here, the stove is on. No one ever says, that's harsh. You're taking away from their childhood and their life's experiences. 
This isn't the playground. This isn't Disneyland. There's a hot stove, and I love my children so much, and I value their life and their well-being that when I say, do not come in here, the command is, do not come in here. This is exactly what this is. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Why? Because he's trying to keep you out of something that you shouldn't be in. Keeping you out of a mental arena and a room that you should not be in. That's only going to damage. Um, it's, it's a command that comes not from a God, but a loving father. That's how we see this. A loving father has commanded me. Do not fret. Do not worry. Do not be anxious. Amen? We can choose to either touch our circumstance with faith or with fear. You decide every day, how do I touch my circumstance? What I'm facing right now, what am I gonna touch it with? Am I gonna touch it with fear or am I gonna touch it with faith? If I touch it with fear, I'm handling it in my thought life. And if I touch it with faith, that means I'm dealing with the wrong thoughts and I'm gonna reach into the word of God, take the word of God and fill my thoughts with his word. And I'll only touch it in the arena of faith. So we decide, every day you're presented with opportunities. How do I touch this circumstance? Am I touching it with fear or am I touching it with faith? Catch yourself, catch yourself. Get a hold of yourself, you know what I'm saying? Recognize, am I touching this day in, day out, moment by moment by moment by moment? Five minutes I've touched it in fear, five minutes I've touched it in faith. How many of you? Dad Hagen said that, that, he said it was like a flypaper. He cast a care, and he said it seemed to come right back and stick to him. <laughs> cast that care, come right back and stick to him. Answer that thought, and it seems to come right back. Well, didn't the Bible say we'd have a good fight of faith? That's a good fight. Because if he could have done it already, he would have. If you would have failed, if, if failure was your option, it would have happened already. <laughs> if defeat was, was yours for the taking, it would have happened already. So don't be discouraged when it keeps coming back. It just means he's fighting in my arena. All right. Bring that thought. You're going to have to live with the consequences of that. You're going to have to live with the answer that's coming to you. That's what my husband was saying last week. How great is that want to? How great is that that rises up on the inside of you and says, oh, no, you don't. Not today. Not today. That thought's coming. That bombardment's there. I can feel that anxiety. Anxiety, yes, it, it brings a feeling to the body. It brings a response from the body. But if we touch it with our faith, if we touch and answer that anxiety and deal with that anxiety with our faith, we can quickly subdue that thing, quickly get that. That's the job, that's our responsibility as a believer is to act quickly, right? Um, to become quick responders, not take us weeks on end to gather ourselves. Um, fear is a spiritual sin. There is many, under this category of fear, we've been taught well, Pastor Nancy Strauss, there's many things under that. There's uh, worry, anxiety, troubled, um, you know, fretful. All of that stems from fear. Yeah. 
Uh, so we have to recognize, number one, that worry is a sin. It's a spiritual sin. And just as we can become addicted to natural physical sins, we can become reliant and in a habit almost addicted to that spiritual sin of worry where we just can't stop thinking about it. We, I just can't. We've let it build up that nest for so long in our mind, that one thought, that it now becomes, begins to become a part of us. That's when anxiety comes in, is when it becomes, starts becoming a part of your everyday thought life. Then anxiety and panic begin to set in. The body begins to feel what the mind has allowed to stay. So what your mind allows to set up shop, if it's the word of God, what are you gonna sense? That anointing. What did it say in the, the second scripture that we read? His peace is yours, and it builds a garrison around your heart. Mind. Okay, so if the word of God, if we're only thinking on what is pure, what is lovely, what is right, what is righteous, then when we go to our minds, what are we gonna have there? What's lovely, what's wonderful, what's peaceful? And so now we're tapping into, we're gonna feel and we're gonna sense based on what we filled our mind with. But if you fill your mind continually every day thinking about the wrong thing, thinking in the wrong direction, meditating on it, trying to fix your solution, you know what the body's gonna feel? Panic, anxiety, worry. Your the feelings will come from what you fill your mind with. What you feel on your body, when we fill our minds with the word of God, when we fill our thoughts with the presence of God, the worship of God, worshiping him. Um, this week, and I, I don't wanna get ahead of myself because again, I think we'll, I, I won't be able to get to everything that I had. Um, but Dad Hagen talked about, and we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up here, that the first step to receiving his miracle, do you know what that was? Is learning not to worry. You say, well, I thought the first step of receiving my miracle was, you know, the power of God flowing. <laughs> Hands laid on me. No, the first step he talks about to receiving his miracle was learning not to worry. What would he do? He'd sense that heart attack coming. And it said he'd hold on to the newel post, the bed. He'd hold on because he didn't realize this was an act of worry. He was afraid. Say afraid. afraid. He was afraid to die. He was afraid to die. What do we do because we're afraid? I'm asking you that question. What do you do because you're afraid? What act right now do you have in your life because you're afraid? What habit do you have because you're afraid? What are you doing because you're afraid? And you're holding on to your own newel post. You're holding on to your own bedpost, just hoping this is gonna go away. Just hoping this is gonna get better. We may not be facing death, but we're facing something. And we have to look at our lives and examine ourselves. That when it says, do not fret or have any anxiety, what are we? The first step to receiving our miracle is letting go. Letting go of what's troubling our thoughts. What, we, what acts are we doing? Because the troubling thought comes and then we act on that thought. What are we doing? What are we holding to? And oftentimes nobody, sometimes spouses, we can answer that for another, but usually you can only answer that for yourself. 
I'm not trying to run from a circumstance. I'm not trying to get away from what's harassing me. I need to face that thing, answer it with the word of God. Jesus didn't run from the cross. He went straight for it. And he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It is not hard and difficult to deal with the thoughts that have been bombarding you and troubling you. It's not hard. But oftentimes, like Dad Hagen said, see, this was a habit for him. Holding on was a habit, a worried habit. Where we oftentimes struggle is because we haven't let go of the worried habits we have, so we can't even pick up the faith habits. We've got so many fear habits in place. You know, I, I just, I'm just going to go check that, that front door one more time. Well, how many is one more? You know what I mean? How, how many is one? Is that your 10th? Your 11th? You know what I'm saying? How many times are you going to make that phone call and call and check on that thing? Well, I, I'm just being a good, you know, doing my due diligence. There is a difference between management and control. You need to manage your life, but you're not, there's, there's a measure. If you find yourself as a controlling person, oftentimes that's that, this, the root of that is fear. Right, people control their spouse. Why? They're afraid that they're going to do something that's going to hurt them. Why people control so tightly their money? They're afraid they're not going to have any. Why do people control their children? I'm not talking about discipline. I'm talking about control. Why? Because they're afraid that they're going to go in a wrong direction. We have to watch ourselves. What fearful habits have we allowed to slip in, but we call them responsibility. Call them, or we've, we've learned them. You know, there was a learned behavior. We saw somebody. Well, I don't want to leave us in that negative. <laughs> I don't leave us there. So we'll close with this. You know, this week, um, Steve and I, we went to, to the ranch just to close some things up and get it ready for winter and do some work. And there was some snow that came in une unexpectedly. And they said there's, uh, uh, they say, oh, there's flurries. And you know, before you know it, there's three inches. I thought, well, I thought, well you think a flurry is like blowing just kind of around? And uh, you quickly realize, you know, when you have work to do outside that that's always, I mean, people live in that. They live in that. They work in that. Everything gets real muddy real fast. And we were out there and we saw, um, it had happened over kind of in, in the evening one night. And then when we got up the next morning, it was all still there. And uh, we saw, it was amazing. We saw on the dirt road there, it's a county road, uh, probably like seven o'clock in the morning, there was a plow truck already out there. It's not a main road or anything, but there was a plow truck coming through, pushing all that snow out of the way. Why? Because the night before, things had come in. And I was sitting there and I was meditating. And I, this, you know, Holy Ghost, he'll, he'll show you in examples and things in front of you. And I realized that it could have snowed the next night. It could have been snowing that morning, right? And they would have still come out with that plow truck. And you'll see on the news in places other than here uh, that it'll be snowing. And those plow trucks, they're out there in the snow. What are they doing? They're keeping ahead. They're not letting things what? Build? You can't let that build up. 
So today when you leave, some of you had hands laid on you, some of you realize, I can see those habits, I can see those things, but it's built up. It's built up. How do I, or in the midst of bombarding thoughts or a circumstance, maybe tomorrow you're gonna face something and you have a decision to make. Do I touch it with fear or do I touch it with faith? One of the greatest things you can do, and I'll say it the way the Holy Ghost, uh, he gave it to me. He said this, praise is the plow and worship wipes away that which would build up in the mind. Praise is the plow and worship wipes away that which would build up in the mind. And what were they doing? They were staying ahead. As that snow began to come down, as it got, they, they came out immediately. With only three inches, they came out immediately and moved that stuff off the road. Why? So the path could be made clear. So things could be easy. Progress could be easy for everyone. But today, you recognize some things. We recognize some things. What's our responsibility? Well, number one, we know this. The word of God is the answer, and that's what we answer. But if you say some things have been built up, praise and worship, time with God, not just casual, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, you know, you put in your head, praise the Lord, praise That's right and all. You know, that's good. But I'm talking about when some things have built up, you know what they did? They went through with that plow twice. Twice. One on one side, one, nothing left. And you know this, with praise and worship, even as things are falling, even as thoughts are coming, even as things are bombarding, you can get in that place where you're just wiping things, answering thoughts, worshiping God, praising God, and nothing is even able to stick. That's the place of proficiency in this scripture that we're so filled with right thoughts, so much of flowing with God. There's a flow of God that uh, we're worshiping and praising him. And it's just as things are coming, as the devil tries to bring those wrong thoughts, we're just moving them out of the way, plowing them, wiping them away. And they don't stick and, and hinder the path that we're on. They don't muddy and, and, and you know, when thing, it does snow, you can't always see the road. You can't see the lines, can you? And this is what happens when we get into worry and fear and we let things settle in our thought life. We struggle to even know what's the voice of the spirit. What's the direction I should go? What's the answer? What, what do I do next? Because everything is so covered over with wrong thoughts. Today we can leave knowing this, that when we take time in worshiping and praising him, that's going to begin to wipe that away. Wipe away those things. And then what we do is we can now pray in the spirit, uh, uh, laying out those, that path. We can answer with the word of God and touch our circumstance with faith instead of with those fearful thoughts. Amen. Amen. So these are the important things with this being the year of flourishing faith. I don't want any hindrances to my faith. So my job is not just to act in faith, but it's to do this, clear out all that would hinder me walking in faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. We'll close with that. Um, Father, we thank you. Just lift your hands. Father, we thank you for what we've received this morning. We thank you for your word. It is the lamp to our feet. It is the light to our path. It is our, our, our answer that we live by. And we thank you, Father, that as we leave here today, those that leave here, Holy Spirit, that you're showing them. You're revealing to them those places where those habits 
need to be adjusted and changed? What have we been doing? How have we been responding to that fear, to those wrong thoughts? Show us even the thoughts that we have taken that are not from you. I thank you, Father, you're showing us those thoughts. You're revealing to us those things that we've lived with that we thought were just us, but they were thoughts that have come to hinder the progress and hinder the plan that you have in our lives. And we submit our minds to you, to your word. And from this day forward, Father, we take those things that we even now recognize as cares, we give them to you. Just do that right now. Take that time, only you can give them, only you can hand them to him and exchange, make that divine exchange and giving that care. Take no thought for your life is what it says in Matthew. Jesus said, take no thought for your life. What thoughts have we taken of our life that belong to him? Give those to him now, hand them to him. Use your words and say, Father, I give that to you. I lay that in your hands. You're taking care of it. And I commit to you today to only think on that which is lovely, that which is pure, that which is righteous, that which is right before you. And your power is taken care of. Your word is taking care of those things that I'm facing. I can't take care of them. I won't take care because you have the care. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus is so wonderful. We have such a loving father. He's saying, give it to me. Just give it to me. Put it in my hand. If it's in yours, it's not in his. It's that simple. You say, that's so simple. It is that simple. If we're holding on to it, he doesn't have it. When we give it to him, he can begin to work and take care of those things. Amen. The book of the month for this month is Love, The Great Quest. Uh, make sure if you don't have this book, it's out at the book table uh, or the bookstore. You can get that. Uh, and we're reading this together for the month of November. Amen. And we're going to not just read it and read it quick and say we read it. We're going to be doers of that which we read. And it says, love the great quest. So that's the greatest quest of your whole life is to learn to love the way God loves. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. To learn more about World Harvest Church, please visit our website at defrainministries.org.